the move. Blasted towards goal. Cenku Jack got it there. Cenku Jack's first goal in AFL footy. He looks brilliant. Wingard. Spinning move was superb. How good that time to look over his shoulder. Jack Wingard, brilliant. Simply brilliant. That Brockman by hand. More, more. Bends it. Nails it. The Hawks are up by three goals. Grabs the jumper. Hello and welcome to the Hawthorne Fancast, back for another week after a really close loss to Adelaide. I'm joined with Matt and similar to last week, how did you feel about the game? Yeah, pretty shattered after the game. Once again, from what I said last week, I'm going to say the same thing. I was just really shattered for the boys. I mean, I'm really well aware of the journey we're on as a football club, that honourable losses are a good thing and a lot of fans won't say so. And yes, as a true passionate fan you want to win the game when you're watching it mm-hmm. but afterwards when we're talking right now i have a little bit more perspective and understand that hey we know we're out as a football club and the, the higher draft pick we get while we can still see the glimmers of hope for our future it's a good thing that's it if you want to lose this is the way to lose it i feel a bit similar to you in the fact that after the final siren it's so heartbreaking it and then a few hours later you kind of kind of soak it all up and put it into perspective but it's just funny because we played four quarters for the second week in the row and we could be three and three yeah i know it's kind of crazy to think um i don't know how i would have felt if we were three and three we're not a side that should be three and is it that's what i I was hearing the other day is it paper over the cracks if we were three and three is it kind of a good thing that we're not three and three in -hmm. a way yeah no I, i totally see that we've been playing really good footy do we deserve to be on the winner's list and pushing the eight? Probably not. Not necessarily. I think we deserve to be higher than where we are right now. Yeah. We are not an 18th place side. If no we way. The, if we win the wooden spoon this year, we are the best wooden spoon team in history. It's not going to happen. West it Coast have, have, you know, <laughs> next generation academy players playing in the uh, in the AFL and the Waffle right now. I mean, do you see... Uh, who was it that came back from the Waffle? Uh, Will Schofield. Will Schofield. Yeah, yeah, so... Look, that's not going to happen. Let's be honest, Hawks fans. I think... Um, we're not 18th place side. There are a lot of teams, I reckon, that are worse than us in the competition. We've had a, a, a decent hard fixture. I know some people wouldn't say so, but when you look at Essen, they're on quite good form this year. We lost to them. We lost to Sydney, who are up and down, but still considered, you know, the last year's running, you know, runners-up, and they're still going to be a good team. Geelong sort of fired against us, so we've, we've, we've had some tough, tough matchups this year. I feel like this was a better performance than the week prior against GWS. We lost yeah. in a little bit of a different way. Can you just compare those games a little bit and figure out what we did better on the weekend opposed to what we might have done the week before? Yeah, they were a bit... Look, they were similar games, let's be honest. Like, I think we actually forced Adelaide into more of a slog this week than what we did in, against... Um, a Giants a week before. So many stoppages. What Did we lay 86 tackles, 87 88 tackles? 88 tackles it was in, 88 in total. 88 tackles. Yeah, which is huge. And is I, I don't the highest this year for I a team? I think so. Something yeah, like I that. saw a stat somewhere. I'm not. Don't quote me on it. But yeah, I, I saw what we were doing kind of early and I loved it. I think we were just trying to really rope them into this, uh, you know, tackle high pressure game where it's going to be on the inside most of the day. So they couldn't get Jordan Dawson and these kind of players running on the outside, hitting targets out 45 metres out. So it was really great. We, I don't think they had, they got their forwards that good um, delivery all day. And we, well, we really forced them into that slog. I think the best part about the game on the weekend, which is a step in the right direction, was the fact that Adelaide didn't kick more than two consecutive goals. Yeah, I saw that. Sam Mitchell highlighted that pretty precisely in his press conference. Yeah, so we've been leaking goals a lot this season. No, like we've been leaking five goals a game consecutively, plus every game this year. So yeah, that's a massive improvement. But speaking of tackles, talk me through that tackle 
by Connor Nash. Uh, once again, we speak. We spoke about Connor Nash last week, and you know how much of a fan I am of, of big boy Connor Nash since he first came to the club. I mean, we jumped off our, off the couch pretty intensely when Connor Nash and they laid that tackle. Ran into a brick wall that was Irishman Connor Nash. It was fantastic, uh, earth shattering. I'm surprised the guy got up afterwards. It was fantastic to see, and it's good to see that you know you can still lay a really really hard tackle legally. Yeah, it was a bit uh, like a ruffie on Hanbury in the 2014 yeah, exactly final, right. wasn't it? So, and it was just a, a moment that really I think turned the game as well in our sort of favour. And I know he kicked a goal sort of around that same period of time. He should have kicked a goal off that free kick you know, for holding the ball, doing a really good reward for effort there. He couldn't finish the job, but Connor Nash's game, which is fantastic well, overall. If he kicked that goal, it would have been the best third quarter performance since Stewie Jew in 08. In the 08 <laughs> yeah. final. So it was a bit reminiscent of that, the hardness, the forward pressure. His third quarter was enormous. And, and speaking of third quarters and what you mentioned about the fourth quarter effort, it was just good to see us not play a bad for third quarter and back it up from last week. I thought that a lot of things we did well last week, as you mentioned, we backed up quite well this week. So, I said last week on the pod that this was a turning point for us about being able to play a four-quarter effort game and, you know, just bring up the opposition and be in all the games. So it was good to see us do it two weeks in a row, not just, uh, you know, once in a while. Does this become an expectation for every week now? Look, it's not going to happen every week. Like, they're a young team, and there's going to be days where we aren't playing in our home ground of Tassie, where we tend to play better anyway, Yeah, and we're going to have off games. So I think it's being uh, realistic. Hawks fans and fans in general just seem to change their tune a lot depending on if you win or lose like some weeks we'll get smashed and people will say oh we're going to do a 10-year rebuild and all our players suck and make these 10 changes and then when we have a really good four-court effort we're going to lose by under a goal some fans might be like oh i can see the the blue lining you know so the silver lining so you know just be realistic that's not every week's going to be like that we're not going to turn up every week but you would hope that now we know we can do a four-court effort well, if we play that again, we're not going to lose another game. I, like, I, I, I have a feeling that this the final piece of the puzzle wasn't quite there. Two mm-hmm. weeks in a row, we couldn't hold on to our lead. And next time, I feel like we'll pull off. But if, they'll come with yeah. experience. Like, yeah. we'll know how to play those, good the end of those games. Yeah, guys anyway, so. yeah, Adelaide played those last five minutes how you'd expect a good side to. And we're probably yeah. not at that level yet. But hopefully, those performances, those four-quarter performances translate to wins. We both had Nash three votes, correct? Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get we'll that in a second. I just wanted to know, what was your other positives of the game? So there was obviously the tackling, the high-pressure game. Was there any other things that stood out to you? I said last week, our midfield is just new level this year. We've yeah. gone from the worst midfield in the league to one of the best in the league with similar players. Obviously, we moved on Omira and Mitchell, who weren't really playing in the mid last year, but it just goes to show that playing Omira Mitchell out of position last year and giving those younger guys exposure has really helped us this year with Warpool, Newcomb, Nash, that that three in particular. Obviously, we've got day to come back in. That's the quartet. Have just been so dominant. I think so. I think they offer different dimensions than what those, you know, Omira Mitchell actually offered. I think something I was... I was watching um, the Anzac Day game today. We're filming this, obviously, on, um, on Tuesday yeah. night. And... I was watching Tom Mitchell and I was like, he's sort of like Connor Nash. Like the, the roles are similar. Like Nash mm-hmm. went at 85%, which is fantastic for him. But most of them are handballs and that's fine. That's exactly the role I want him to play. Yeah. And Mitchell, when I look at him, you know, turnover, you know, with his, those like half kicks around the corner or the hacks out of contests and, you know, he's under pressure, so fair enough. But I just think Nash kind of does a similar role anyway. So we're not really missing Tom Mitchell very 100%. much. And when I was going for the stats after the game, even during the game, I just thought we just missed maybe that one extra mid that was a bit more classy that could have hit more targets. And Will Day comes in next week, which is fantastic for us. And other than that, we've got our midfield sort of locked in now, like that Newcomb, Warpool, Nash, 
combo is fantastic. Add Day into it for and some Ward. more centre-bound rotations. Yeah, and Wardy. And then McKenzie. That's like... Yeah, M- McKenzie Ward. will come into the mid eventually. I think that they... You know, once again, he only had, I think, seven... Uh, centre-bounce. Centre-bounce yeah. tennises uh, this week. So, uh, he'll get his chances as it goes along. But right now, I think we've got a bit of a locked-in mixture there because they're just performing every week. So, the midfield's fantastic. And what did you make about our defence? We said in last week's pod that we were really scared of coming up against Adelaide's dominant forward line who just weren't that dominant on the day. I thought we were okay. Yeah. We still conceded 14 marks inside 50, which is an mm-hmm. ongoing issue up. every single week where we just seem to be able to leak a lot of, you know, even when you look at their last goal, there was a pocket hit. We should have had a third man up in that one. You know, they had a lot of times where I felt like they were just bombing in there. They didn't have amazing entries all day. Um, but look, we did speak on the pod about how dangerous their forward line is. And overall, regarding the players they had in there, I thought we actually did pretty well. And, um, you know, the tour defenders did the best they could. We just got to find a way to to limit these marks five fifty because fourteen marks five fifty is fourteen shots at goal that are pretty high chance most of the time. So, yeah, our backline's okay. I think our smaller backline players are playing pretty well. Like Seamus Mitchell's been a really really good addition to the team. He uses the ball well. He's got some pace. Jarman Impey's been off the charts this year so far. And Blake Hardwick sort of just does Blake Hardwick things. I don't think he's having a great year necessarily, but he's still doing his role. Well, I feel like Hardwick and Seamus Mitchell particularly yeah. um, did a fantastic job yeah. on their smalls, yeah. especially Rankin who kicked one goal and happened to be very clutch in, in, in the dying stages of the contest. But he wasn't really sighted much before then, was nah, he? No, he was blanketed. Um, so that was a fantastic job by Seamus Mitchell on him. Um, and, you know, there's some arguments there that that ball might have been out of bounds. We're mm-hmm. not going to argue about it now, but, you know, all I'm saying is he did a good job. I and mean, Isaac Rankin really had no influence on the game but that one goal he kicked. Uh, also, CJ, I think, tied up his work a little bit this week. He had a bit of those fumbly moments of CJ, but he also had some nice little bursts away from yep. contests and stuff like that. So there's some good signs there. Um, I, I, I still think Scrimshaw has to be in starting 22. I, I saw when he came on, I thought he was quite good at getting his hands thrown in the forward line. He was pretty good down forward, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He offered us a, a target, and, and pretty much every time he brought it to ground, he kicked his nice goal. He could have kicked another one. Um, so I, I'd like to see him more, you know, I, I don't want to see him sub again. I know he's been battling turf toe or something like that. So yeah. I reckon he's a straight lock in, uh, for next week, but we'll get into that when we get to selection committee. We've gone over some positives. Now, what do you say? What are some of your negatives in this game? I was going to save it for the worst three cause they're more player related, but if we want to go field related, I feel like the half forward line, there's a bit of a, dis- a disconnect between our midfield and then kicking it pretty much that kick before we go inside 50 or that kick at the top of the 50 we yeah. always seem to turn it over and i don't more and bruised and guys like that probably didn't have the best games no nah, they weren't performing and they were the guys that were probably losing contests at that part of the ground which really made us struggle to create opportunities inside our forward 50 yeah so on my running sheet here i've got sort of the same thing is uh i i think our small sort of forwards didn't have that great of a game i thought rocky was good but other than that wingard was good with his defensive defensively yeah but i thought bruce and moore were kind of off it this week it was a very almost game for both of them well do you want to start with the 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 three worst on ground then because i've got them both in mind yeah let's go for it so i've got i've got bruce and and i think that's fair to say he missed two very easy shots for mm-hmm. him that he would nail 10 times out of 10, not nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10. He missed them. We probably might win the game, probably do win the game 
if he kicks at least one of them. That one that he played on after we won the free kick and he, I think, hit the post. Or was it? Or was no, it, no it was just, it was a just miss. No, he, the one at the end of Impy bursted through the center of the ground and it was this really good play. It ended up in when Bruce C-Mac hand. Yeah, that's, yeah, I remember Yeah, that and he missed it. That's and what then, I was talking about. Yeah. Then the one in the last quarter where he went for the snap and it just went on the wrong yeah, side of the that, post. Yeah, that was interesting because I saw he kicks that like 99 out of 100 times for Bruce. Yeah. So it was very odd that he missed that one. The, other, the, on the one before that, yeah, the one you mentioned with, with uh, Impey's run, I thought was a huge miss because it was so... It just looked so easy, really. Like, he was just sort of running into open goal virtually on a, on a snap where you always trust Bruce on a snap. So it was interesting. And Dylan Moore may have got 19 touches, but I feel like he just didn't make an impact on the contest. He looked really fumbly at times. He also had a few moments where he probably could have had snaps at goals or shots at goals that probably just weren't coming off. And everything he seemed to touch on the weekend just looked like he burnt. Yeah, he wasn't great. I mean, I love Dylan Moore and I'm, and I still think he's top three players in our team. Yeah. Uh, the issue, I guess, with him is that if he's going to have an off day, which a lot of small forwards will, he has to make use of those opportunities. So that poster he hit and things like that, he's just got to try and get up for a goal or two, even when he's having a bad day, because it really costs us. I mean, when we lose under a goal, he hits a post on that shot. You know, who knows what could have happened. So, yeah, he he, he was a, he had a poor day. And the other one probably didn't have a poor game. It was probably more anonymous for mine um, was Ned Long. Ned he just Long. kind of floated yeah. around. He, he used his body well at, at times. He, he got involved a couple of times. Which I'm like, oh, good on you. But probably failed to inject himself in the game and just kind of looked a little bit like a passenger. But I don't really want to put him in my bottom three because I feel yeah, like I it was a massive team effort. And I feel like most players played their role probably except for Bruce. I'm glad you mentioned that at the end. I think it was that he was just a role player this game. I mean, yeah. when I was looking through his stats, I, also, I kind of saw that... You looked at Newcomb National Warpool had the most center bounce attendances by like a country mile over yeah. any other player. And they, and we, you know, with McKenzie, I think Moore jumped in for a couple and also um, Long. We just sort of, I guess you could say, pinch hitting a little bit in there. So, you know, he was always going to be a bit out of the contest. Yeah, he'll probably won't hold his spot for next week. That's fair. But, you know, good on him for having given it a go. He got plugged into a lot of different positions. I think he was ruck for a little bit of it, uh, key forward for a bit of it. So he could, he, you know, the environment wasn't really set up for him this game, at least. Who were your three worst? Yeah, I had more and Bruce because I just think that more my expectations are more really high. So he underperformed a lot. Bruce had an absolute stinker, really. He, I think second week in a row, I think he's been a little bit poor. Uh, I think he'll bounce back next week. Um, but yeah, he just didn't look really on on this week at all. And the other one I've got is Reeves. Um, really, I feel like he did he did fade yeah. out the second half, but I wouldn't put him in there only for the fact that Lynch got subbed out really early and Reeves had to do four quarters by himself. Yep. He had a really good half where he was taking marks. I don't think he took a mark after the second quarter. I think the issue I've got with Reeves and it still maintains, you know, I, I gave him I, I gave him a special mention last week because he took four contested marks or something like that. He had four touches for the day. And you mm. say he's the only ruck. So he was on the ground for probably a lot of the game. He, he had four touches, one, one a quarter. I'd he like- hit that one nice goal, really, really crafty, loved it at a stage where we really needed a goal. But I just, for a guy that tall, I just think he needs to give us more. Well, considering the midfield dominance, I would like you to almost go back and, and try and find out how many hitouts he had to Look, advance. That, that's fair. Like, I'm not disagreeing with you on his ruck work, but we need more from an AFL standard ruckman, I feel like, than just ruck than, work. I know what you're saying. Other than ruck contests, he just floats around doing that. It's like having one less player on the ground. Yeah. He did kick a nice guy. Outside of ruck. 
And Ruck's important. Like he's, of course, he's a really big reason why our midfield's doing so well because he has first, you know, access to the ball in the yeah. air because he's so tall. But on that same logic, he should be having first access to contested marks because he's so bloody big. And I just never see him be able to clunk one. And sometimes we just needed it, especially Mitch Lewis's absence. We just need to get our jail free kick. Uh, sorry, get our jail um, contested mark, or we need him to be arresting Ruck for a second and take a clunk. He just seems to be kind of in a way useless above his head, which is just crazy considering how tall he is. Like some players can't even reach that high. Anyway. No, fair enough. We'll get on to the three best. We both have Nash at three, don't we? Um, yes, of course. I don't even need to really talk about Nash's game. I think it's we, we already did, didn't we? It's eighty five percent efficiency at what was it, like twenty eight touches in the end. Fantastic game. Tackled, got in the end of oh sorry, was in the thick of it all day. You know, he had the head bandage on from the first quarter. It was he great did, to see. He? Uh, he's taken over the McAvoy role. Yeah, he is. A, just a really hard inside game. He's huge. Like, I, I think he... I know I say it every week, but he's a Ferrari, right? Like, yeah. you know, having those kind of attributes, big, tall, strong, fast, he had to just sort of put it together. And he's putting it together now. And I think everyone's sort of jumping on the Nash bandwagon now and realizing that he's not just a, a squad player anymore. He's, he's going to be a really important part of our future. And... Uh, It'll be interesting to see how, he, how his mix of inside can go with, you know, day on the outside and we can have a bit more damage out of the midfield. Um, but, no, nah, fantastic game, Nashi. We loved your work. I think the three votes goes to you. 100%. You know, without a doubt. I just hope he continues this consistency. And got a goal as well. You know, I, I, I would goal. like to see our midfielders kick a little bit more goals. I think that's one area that our mids for the last four or so years have been a bit poor in. So, seeing um, Jimmy Warple got on a he goal, Nashi got, uh, got a goal, Amon was fantastic this week. He wasn't in my top three, but he got on an end of a goal, which was fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, it's good to see. So, yeah. Two, mm-hmm. I've given to the guy that I thought was going to come out and have a really good game this week. And that was Jarman Impey. Yep. Who has probably... Is this a fair call also to say that he has been our most consistent performer this year? Uh, yeah, he'd be up there in the Peter Crimmins, that's for sure. I think Day has been the most consistent yeah. performer. Uh, he's just been out for the last two weeks. We haven't got any exposure to him. And, you know, you can make an argument that if Day and Lewis play these last two games, we, we win. And Day, I reckon on our list right now, Day might actually be our best player. Yeah. In terms of consistency. Currently, yes. Currently yeah. on form. On yeah. Form, yes. Yeah. In terms of overall, you know, you're looking at probably Mitch Lewis or someone like that. But, yeah. you know, Sicily. Was, yeah, James Sicily. Yeah, right. And, but no, yeah, MP, MP's been really fantastic. He looks like he's back to his All-Australian form, really. His dash was there on the weekend. Uh, he looks like he has a newfound confidence. So, yeah, I'm really happy with um, with MP. I think that's the main word with MP is confidence. We haven't yeah. seen this level of confidence from him si- since pre-ACL, where obviously you said he was in All-Australian form. Obviously, he didn't get the All-Australian that year, but he was just exceptional. Um, and, and I feel like the last few years we've seen him kind of doubt himself, kind of make bad decisions with ball, uh, look a bit slow, not backing himself with his pace and his burst. That last part, yeah. And we really saw burst on the weekend. We saw yeah. that play that Bruce could have finished off and that would have been play of the game. I think he might have even been involved in that first goal as well. So, like, he's just getting involved in scoring chains and he's just looking very involved this year, not a passenger like he probably has recent years. Definitely. And I think what you said about being confident in his pace is for me the most important thing because I like them when players use their strengths and they know their strengths, right? And MP, he's quick. He can burst anyone on the ground. So seeing him actually take on players and burst his way through that midfield off half back is what I've been wanting to see from him for the last sort of year. And it looks like he's got that confidence back. So 
What well Arnie? He had a great game. Well, the guy that probably doesn't know his strengths is who I'm giving number one to, and that's Sam Frost. I thought he was absolutely brilliant Good on the you. weekend. I'm glad you gave it to him. He um he made some mistakes early, but he only turned it over twice. Yeah, two turnovers for the whole game. And considering how shaky he looked at times, that is definitely a pass. Yeah. Um, but. It wasn't so much him with ball in hand. It was how much times he saved our ass yep. with contested marks. Most contested marks and most intercept possessions on the ground. Well, there were situations where it was like, Jesus, if Frost didn't stop that, Adelaide were going to just stream into goal. So, obviously, he was the guy on Fogarty in the last play, and there was a lot of times where we could almost blame Frost. I feel like the good definitely outweighed the bad on the weekend, and that was his best performance of the year. I'm glad you mentioned that, because I think a lot of fans bash here Frost because he's an infuriating player, right? Like, he makes glaringly big mistakes. But he was quite solid on the weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, And I think you have to take the good with the bad with Frost. Like, you have to understand that without him, we'd be screwed all the time. Like, he does shut down his man all the time. I don't think he gives away near as much free kick as he used to give away, which is fantastic to see. It's just about tidying up those possessions or handing it off or understanding his limitations is that maybe kicking isn't your thing as much. Maybe you can just slow things down a, a tad. Um, but yeah, in terms of one-on-one defensive work, he had a good game, even though the Adelaide 12 players are pretty, you know, pretty potent. So he was sort of a one-man army in that area, I felt, on the weekend. Yeah, the difference between me giving Frost 2 and MP 2 is they're both in the leadership group and I feel like MP shows a lot of leadership and Frost, I don't feel like the people below Frost as in like the non-leaders should be following whatever Frost is doing. Right, you're saying like don't play Frost balls. Well. Yeah, no. So I don't know if Frost is really leading by a good example by some of his actions, but God, I'll I mean, he led the him. tall defenders. I mean, Sicily and, um, DGB. and DGB were nowhere near as good. I feel like DGB was okay. He was okay, but I, I felt like Frost was sort of the focal point of, you know, the tall defenders, at least on the ground. But I, I gave my other vote uh, just in reverse order. I had MP as the one vote. Yeah. Um, but in um, two votes, I had John Newcomb. I thought he had a really good yeah. game again. Fair enough. He was great at bursting out the stoppage, tackling machine. He was everywhere. I'm not going to talk too much about him. Kind of copy paste his game from last week. Nash has slightly had a better one for me this week. I feel like when you put John Newcomb in the center, you just know what you're going to get. Yeah. I want to see, I don't want to see him back at our forward. I know they're going to have to do it for rotational purposes. Day, but I think Newcomb as, as a center clearance player is our best we've got. Interesting was you put Day, and, and we will talk a, more, a bit more about this when we get to the next game, but you put Day and Ward back into this side. Does it stuff up the midfield mix a little bit? I don't bit? think so. I think you've just got to find those midfield players that can play other positions as well. So, for example, can Day play some minutes on you know, that half-forward line? Maybe he can. Can Warple? Yeah, we know he can. So, there are, some players are going to have to rotate. It's just, just the nature of the business when you've got a plethora of, of good mids. Uh, but I think we'll find the balance. Yeah, I think we will. And and it's up to those players as well. I know we spoke about C-Mac last week in a similar position is, yes, midfield might be your favorite position, but too bad. You're in an AFL list and there are other players holding those spots as well. So you need to find ways to make yourself more versatile so you can play out of position because we saw last year with uh, Jago Mira kind of could play that half-forward role. Yeah. Tom Mitchell couldn't. 100%. So you have to have that versatility because... At the end of the day, only two or three of those mids are going to get full mid minutes and the rest are going to have to find other positions to play while those other mids are in there. Well, before we get to the next game, we'll go through some housekeeping. Yep. 
And obviously, no MRO decisions this week, but we did have one injury, and it was Lynch with concussion. Now, that's nine for his career, three since he's gone to the club. Yeah. There's a massive question, and I think Rob McCartney even said something today about him, um, over his future. I think he's going to spend a little bit of time away. He's obviously not going to play next week because he can't because of protocols. But what, what do we do with Lynch do, is he is he going to be forced to retire? It's not our area. I don't really want to speak about this too much, yeah. but it's so unfortunate because I feel like even that quarter and a half that he played on the weekend, it was very competitive. And yeah, and yeah, I didn't see enough of him really. Definitely to good, get a good signs. Gauge. There was definitely good signs there. We obviously yes didn't see enough of him, um, but it's very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously, it's it's tragic what happened to Big Max. He seems to, he can't seem to get any luck. And to be honest, since he's come to the club, he just had mishap after mishap after accident after accident so i really do feel for him i'm not going to speak too much about it i think it's completely up to him what happens with his career i don't want to voice my opinion whether he should retire or whether he should keep going um well you know he's a football player this is his trade so let him make that decision for himself it's horrible i think you know it's great that we're having all this awareness around concussions what they can do to players especially after the game um so yeah you hate to see it i was really shattered when i heard the news that he was subbed off with concussion but um we hope from a speedy recovery and to see him back out in the field or if he decides not to go that way once again we have no idea what max is going to do next i don't want to put words in yeah. people's mouth or follow the media agenda for all we know could just be another concussion he could be playing afl or vfl at least in a couple of weeks that's it i think the word just is that he isn't he's still showing a lot of symptoms yeah days and days course, after yeah. which is obviously not a good sign but it's like he almost walked under a million ladders from collingwood to hawthorne because he just hasn't seemed to get any luck um, yeah. with us but we will draw our attention to the next game mm-hmm. it's Hawthorne versus the Western Bulldogs under the roof of Marvel 435 Saturday Twilight yeah, big game considering the form of both clubs dogs probably haven't had the season that they've wanted so far but I think they still find themselves three and three we're a team that at best could be three and three and we have the return of Will Day and Mitch Lewis this week. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one, this game. I, Massive build-up. It's one of these few games this year where I don't really know what's going to happen necessarily because you've got we're going to have so much of a different team, I think, this week uh, with uh, obviously our, our most consistent performer from this year, Will Day, coming back. And also the player that everyone seems is just going to change our whole team around, Mitch Lewis. Uh, I think he'll make a big difference. I don't think he'll necessarily he make us a whole new team. All, like, no. we still have to get territory. We still have to be able to kick well to him. He still has to be able to bring balls to ground. So, I think it's unwise to think that Mitch Lewis is going to change our fortunes completely. But it is great, geez, to have a key forward back this week. From a Bulldogs perspective, it is Pally's 200th game. So, massive occasion for him. I can't believe he's been around that long. He still seems like kind of a youngish bloke. Um, but we will go to selection committee because obviously we have the big changes of Will Day and Mitch Lewis. But there's also Josh Ward in the wings. Yep. There's Lloyd Meek that looks like he will just return because Max Lynch is going out yeah, of he'll concussion. Yeah, he'll come back. He'll come back. Or do we blood Max Ramsden to partner with Mitch Lewis in the forward line? That might work as well. No. Which I will continue that with a question from Giacomo Bruno, who has said, is Rams on our Instagram, thanks for putting your questions in. He said, is Ramsden worth a crack as a forward option as soon as this week? I think it's a 
uh, question by Giacomo. Honestly, I think that for me, Ramsden has to be blood in the forward line, not Ruck. I've seen his Ruck craft at VFL level. It's not quite there. He needs a bulk up and a bit more size. He gets nudged out a lot of contests, but his forward craft's coming along really well. And he should be rewarded for effort. Like, on effort, he could as well have played on the weekend, really. So I just don't know how he's going to fit into the structure going this week. I'm not sure if they're going to make two big forward line adjustments with Lewis and Ramsden coming in. I don't know. I, I like I, my heart wants you know wants to say yes, get Ramsden in. Like he deserves a spot. Let's see what he can do with Lewis, maybe covering from a little bit. But then I'm also like, are we throwing our whole forward line off a little bit? Who comes out, sort of thing. So it's a it's a tough one for me for Ramsden coming out. I didn't have him as one of my ins, but um. I wouldn't be disappointed if he was in. Before we get to potential outs, I do have a lot of selection questions this week. Go ahead. So we'll we'll go them through them. Yeah. We've got one from Hawk Tastic that said, "Off the back, or in, he didn't. Off the back of Bruce playing a bad game, he has asked, should Bruce be rested to give Butler an opportunity? No. I think no bloody way. No, no. Once again, I think you know. I I think this same question came up a couple of weeks ago, really, and I said. Actually, it might have been you that said, said it, it uh, yeah. you know, before the Geelong game. I regrettably like said it. And he kicked three goals that day. Nah, like, you need, you need experienced heads down there. You, you don't think these players help direct these players or give them a sense of confidence. Nah, Bruce needs to stay in the team. We've shown for long enough that he can have off games. And he usually bounces back. So, I'm, I'm saying no, keep Bruce in. Sam Butler is coming. He's doing well at Box Hill. I don't think he had one of the better games he's had at Box Hill on the weekend, from what I heard. Um, he'll get his chance, Sam Butler. Just be patient. Bruce, Bruce stays in for me this game. And lastly, question from Mads Perez. Does DGB hold his spot for the team? I think development is super important. Good question, Mads. Um, I was contemplating this when I was looking at my selection for next week. I still rate blank over him. And if we're really serious about winning this game, I think you put him blank over DGB. But if you're looking at the long-term picture and the development, I agree with you. You, you, you play DGB again. I disagree. Okay. And I'll disagree on this kind of reason DGB seems like the best matchup for Jamara Hagen. maybe I feel like he can he's too quick for him maybe I just feel like they're both pretty skinny DGB can use his body there's not much of it but he couldn't Could be able to do that use. on him yeah and Blank has the pace as well I just feel like as Mad said couldn't Scrimshaw match up on Jamara Hagen? it's probably a little bit too undersized I mean I, I prefer Scrimshaw on smalls and, and trying to focus on an attacking role than locking down a tall forward. Mm. And, I, I don't know, because otherwise have, you're telling me that Frost and Sicily go to Lob and Norden. I forgot they had Lob. No, Frost goes to Lob, Sicily goes to Norton, and DGB goes to Jamara. I think, See, that's Cicely, I think Norton could tell up Sicily on, on the lead. Sicily does not... Look, let's be honest. I love Sicily. He's probably our best player in the whole team. But he does not honour t- forwards when he's playing one-on-one. 100%. He, he peels just, off a lot. Yeah. He gives overly too many, much amount of space. And Norton is a great lead and a good mark. So, I don't know. I don't really trust Sicily going to Norton, to be honest, right now. I, I have my really qualms about Sicily being a key defender at all. I think he's a third-man rebound defender. Uh, you guys can disagree with me in the comments. I, I know a lot of fans think that Sicily is our big... You know, one-on-one guerrilla defender, but he's really not. Like in my opinion, he's just a. His strengths come where he can read the play really well and rebound for us off halfback with that massive boot of his. But when he has to be sort of tagging a defender, he can get really. And I wouldn't say lazy. I not proactive. Like try to cover a space or try to help another player out and really get caught out a lot. So, 
that's why Blanky for me might come in for DGB. I don't mind that. I just feel like I agree with Mad saying that it's going to hurt short term, but DGB needs to be almost thrown to the wolves a bit and, and it might help his development. And that's fine. I'm, I'm 100% happy with DGB playing again. I just don't want to see fans complaining when he messes up because yeah. let's be honest, he had some terrible moments in the GWS game, you know, whether it was tripping or, you know, giving away stupid free kicks. That is going to cost us close games. 100%. Because I, he's raw. So, then that's fine. I, but take- I, I, at least I'm aware, I feel, of the mistakes that he will make that will cost us those games. But a lot of fans go nuts on social media when DGB makes his mess ups and we lose. So, if you're going to say these things, make sure you back it through. I'll tell you this, though. He played a very nice sacrificial role on the weekend. He did. He brought... He locked when, down Thilthorpe. When he was on both Fogarty and Thilthorpe, he just took them to row D. And we didn't see any of DGB, but we didn't see any of his And that's opponent. why I didn't have him out for last week. But I feel like for the dogs, they've got a bit of a different caliber of uh, yeah. tall forwards. And Rory Lobb is a player that always kills us. Yeah. And Just because they're bigger and they can move well. Yeah. I forgot about him too. Um, I For my out, so obviously before I said Day, Lewis, Ward, and Meek in, I had Lynch is obviously out. I have Ned Long out. I think just Day and Long are a swap. Mm-hmm. And I said two of C-Mac, C-Mac, and DGB. So, Connor McDonald, Cam McKenzie, and DGB. I feel like one of C-Mac, one of the C-Macs are good subs. Yeah. I feel like they're good sub I, I agree with you, yeah. That Connor McDonald, I love Connor McDonald. We know this. Wouldn't it be the worst thing to just send him to Box Hill for a week or two and play him as a full midfielder? Give him yeah. confidence, give him ball... And, but he also is a guy that if we use him as a sub, we can have a really good quarter for, from him. He, he's capable of kicking two, three goals in a quarter. We just haven't seen a consistent four-quarter game from him ever. And I think he might need to go to Box Hill to recapture some form and whatever and bring that back into the side and hopefully give us one of them. The thing that might save him is the fact that he can sort of play that forward role. Yep. He can, can't he? Because there's not a lot of players we have in our team that are natural forwards, I feel. And he, he he's an, I know he's not a natural forward, but there's not a lot of those other mids we have that play a better forward role than what C-Mac would. So, I actually think C-Mac will stay in. And I'm being very vocal this season about C-Mac not very getting involved a lot. I thought he had an okay game on the weekend. But I need to see him just show a little bit. Like, I just want him to see one game where he really bursts it open a little bit more. Well, C-Mac on the weekend, I think he had 15 disposals, one goal, one. Um... He also kicked a shank that ended up in the Nash goal and a few other flying snaps that probably yeah. fell short or whatever. So, he's getting himself into positions where yeah, he, he can is, have goals. He can just, he put it together? I, I remember you making a comment actually during the game saying, oh, C-Mac just needs to nail that because that is his bread and butter and that's yeah. what he's offering to the team that if that's all he is going to offer, he needs to nail those chances. Yeah, I was speaking about that. I, I mentioned something similar with Dylan Moore before is if C-Mac's going to have his 15 touches a game, kind of quiet game when his chance does come up to, to hit a really good target or to kick a goal he needs to sort of be efficient see i don't mind if he doesn't get a lot of touches and a lot of fans go oh but he's never got over 20 touches or whatever you know i'm sure he has i'm just you know saying yeah. you know in general um he needs to be efficient with the touches he does have because he's class like see max class so i want him to show his class you know he's there to have effective disposals um so yeah that's the thing with C-Max. so no i i'm gonna keep him in for this week who did you have um, for outs, I, I have Lynch, Long, and one of the C-Max. But I'm going to no, say, so, so. I'm, I'm going to say Ken McKenzie, 
out yep. for this week, actually. Yeah, I agree. And I love Cam McKenzie, and I think he'll be one of the best out of them all. No rush with him. But he'll get his that's chances. exactly right. There is no rush, and we're still developing other players at the same time. So, and a lot of fans will be like, oh, why? We need to give minutes in him. I think you can give some nice minutes into him, full-time mid-minutes in Box Hill and give him some more exposure and see if he can go dominate there for a little bit. With Ward came, coming back in, I feel like we need to persist with Ward a little bit more in the midfield. Um, Does he so, definitely come back in? Yeah, I, I think Ward definitely comes back in. Yeah. I just need to see him play more this week, this year, because I know how that mid, big period in the middle of last season where he uh, he didn't play a few games because of concussion and stuff. I just want to see Ward get as much minutes as we can this year. Next season, I feel like is the season where McKenzie will be starting to really shift as a full-time mid. Um, but this season, I feel like we need to be putting more time into those, you know, uh, C-Max and Wards as second-year players that are going to start becoming our uh, our locks. So, opposition watch. What scares you about the Bulldogs? We'll get to that in a second. I'll just go over <laughs> my last uh, my last uh, team predictions because I know we haven't I really just... summarised it. I said that Lynch comes out, Long yeah. comes out. One of the C-Max, but Inns, I think Scrimshaw should come in. Uh, Lewis Day and Ward. Well, Scrimshaw kind of, I know he's a sub, but he kind of already is. Yeah, he comes in. And I'm also going to say um, there could be a chance that Blank will come in for DGB. Yeah. As a side note, before we just move on to opposition analysis, uh, Bramble got 37 touches in I Box know, Hill I this week. I mention it too. Um, he's knocking the door down, isn't he? Yeah, I just couldn't find a play to take out. The only player I could think about maybe taking out would be a Seamus Mitchell or CJ. But how can you take out? Um, CJ's probably not a bad shout from you, but how can you take out Seamus Mitchell? Being young and all, he hasn't put a foot wrong. I agree. And that's why I, I didn't even have him in, in the yeah. inclusions. I think that Bramble can play one more game in Box Hill, but I'd say one of these weeks he's going to be back in because Bramble is not a Box Hill level player. I know a lot of fans don't think he's starting 22. I've always been a big fan of Bramble. You know that? Yeah. Um, I feel like he possesses the attributes for it. I think he tries really hard. Um, and it's only a matter of time before he matures even more and puts it all together. So, uh, yeah, well done, Bramble. Uh, from what I saw on the stat sheet, at least, and from watching a little bit of the game, you were probably the best player on the ground. Sorry for, be, for being premature before. No, it's okay. But, Let's get um, into it. We will... I'll just ask you the exact same question. What scares you about the Western Bulldogs this week? Um, look, to be honest with you, I actually don't rate the Bulldogs much this season. I think I they'll win, either. and I'll get into my tip in, in a sec. Uh, but I still think that their general speed can be really hurtful. Yeah. They have a good midfield. It would be a great test for this week for our midfielders because... Even though midfield has been one of the best in the comp this year, the Dogs have always had a pretty strong midfield. 100%. Uh, you know, you mentioned Bont before, but there's also like McRae and Bailey Smith and Trelaw. So there's a lot of other players that can pop up and do some good things for them. Uh, their, midfield, their mids worry me. Their tall targets this week really worry me. They took 16 marks to 50 last week. So we need to stop their talls from getting off the leash. Frio's back line ain't that bad either. Yeah, and let's be honest, Freo aren't much either, but um, still, 16 marks are 50 is huge, so we really need to be able to um, limit those chances. They're the main things. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I just think that their level of experience might might be a bit painful for us to go against. I'm a bit similar to you. I feel like it's a godsend that Liber, Tom Liberatore, is out. Yeah, we got one reprieve there. He always seems to turn it on against us, and he's having a really good year. Yeah. Um. The Bonts is in massive form, 200th game. Just expect him to come out. But there's no real areas in terms of their individual players. It's more their ability for their mids to spread. They have good connection, I feel like, most of the time throughout that that half back to midfield part of the game. Think about games where have got smashed twice at the MCG. Um, so... Mainly those two MCG games were probably the worst. We were a bit better at Sydney, but they're big grounds. Yeah. And I feel like Lawn Session's pretty big as well, but 
our mids worked really well in Norwood and then lawn session on the we weekend. We always play well in Tassie. The, I don't know how we're going to stop the spread on a bigger ground like Marvel. And I feel like not only their mids they've that use their ball with pace, they've got halfbacks like Bailey Dale, yep. Caleb Daniel, mm-hmm. Bailey Williams, just to name a few, um, that create drive and they're like their playmakers. But yep. I feel like, as I said before, where we struggle is that half-forward line. That if we struggle there again, which I hope we don't because Mitch Lewis is back creating contests, whatever, um, that Daniel, Dale, Williams, all those kind of guys are going to mop up um, at half-back, create plays, and they're going to cut us open through our zone. But we're, in the early rounds of the season, that was happening a lot. So I hope we don't get complacent because if we are, the Dogs are one of those teams that can really just rip right through us. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Look, the one thing that stands out for me that it's more the danger of this game is that we just don't play well at Marvel historically, yeah. especially against these home Marvel teams. It's funny you say that, though, because I feel like our style at the moment suits Marvel. Maybe we play so. fast. History hasn't suggested we play really yeah. well at Marvel. Um, but we'll see. I, I actually, this is the one game where I go into it kind of unknown about how we're going to go, you know? Same. Like, I, I had a good feeling in Tassie. I said last week that, that Adelaide were dangerous, but it, it's Tassie and we generally play yeah. well there. And the week before, we played against the Giants. The difference and- is the last two weeks, we played teams that even coming into the season, we were like, oh, we could probably beat them. Yeah. Bulldogs probably still aren't, even though they haven't been that great this year, they probably still aren't quite that team that will go in going, oh, they're just the Bulldogs. Sometimes when we verse these kind of teams, I look at the last time we versed them, and yeah. I think I came into the game a bit like, yeah, we can we can beat in this time. And they just always seem to be able to, like, get off the leash at one point of the game and kind of blow us away. So, I don't know. I'm not overly confident. But there's there's some areas of the ground that I think that they we can exploit their weaknesses. I don't think they've got well, yeah. that great of a defense. How do we beat them? Um, I, think- much, I think I, I have here at least, and I know I say this almost every week, but I'm just so big on this. Deep entries. Just get as entries. much inside 50s as we can. Yeah. We need to pepper those inside 50s because where we lost the game against Adelaide, that last quarter when they just kept repeat entries. Eventually, the floodgate's going to open. We need to be consistent with, with territory. I feel like, um, you know, I was watching the Anzac Day game today, for example, and Collingwood just won by sheer amount of willpower to go forward. Yeah. They, they had, I think, at one point, 18 to 1 inside 50 or something ridiculous like that. So it doesn't matter how much you were down by, eventually you're going to score if you get that much inside 50s. And we weren't efficient on the weekend. We had a period of time where we were getting a lot of him in there. So, but I, I think I think for this game with Bulldogs slightly weaker defense, if we just get a lot of in, uh, entries, we'll, we could win this game. I think it's a game where I'd really like us to be Lewis-centric and kick it to as the hot spot. not too obvious. I know, but like kick it to the hot spot. And if it does get brought to ground, we know that we have the smalls to be able to conjure something up. The thing, the reason we've struggled in the early parts is we haven't really had that tall to kick it to, to bring the ball to ground. Now that we've got that, I feel like our smalls, especially Brockman, he's been really good in the first half of the year that Bruce doesn't play two bad games in a row. Um, I feel like they can really benefit for us just going to Lewis. And if Lewis doesn't mark it, well, then our smalls will probably punish. Yeah, that could, that, could, that could work. And, we'll, and like, we'll suss out how the game is. We still have to be, you know, good in the contest, I feel, because the dogs do like to also drag teams into the scrap. So, uh, yeah, it'll be the same thing. Anyway, we've gone over sort of uh, Oppo Watch, I guess you could say. Yeah. What's your tip? Well, don't we normally go before the tip at the one Players player to watch? we yep. watch? All right, go on. We'll go with that. Now, I almost just revealed it 
literally 30 seconds ago when I said Bruce doesn't play two bad games in a row. Well, he just played two bad games in a row. He won't play three bad games in a row. And he... I hope you're right. Oh, I remember a game, it was probably five years ago now, versus the Dogs at Marvel where he kicked five and just tore the Bulldogs a new one. I think Bruce likes Marvel. I've seen yeah, a lot of I good Bruce at Marvel. I feel like with Lewis back, one of our smalls is going to dominate. And it is going to be Luke Bruce. Good call. Yeah. Um, I hope you're right. That's for sure. Because I love Bruce. And yeah. I think it's time that he has a, he bounces back. Mine is another forward. Oh, yeah. Mine's Fergus. Former dog. I guess yeah, he's old club. dog. Yeah. I want to see what he can do with a, an actual key forward in there. If Lewis yeah. comes back this week, Fergus, we didn't speak about at all in our um. How, how did game. we miss him? I know. Three goals again. He's consistency right through and through. He's our top goal scorer right now. Put in perspective, it's only his, what, like fifth game back since being delisted two years ago. Fantastic, Fergus. You know, we absolutely love you here at uh, at the Hawthorne Fancast. And seeing seeing him being really efficient, I think he only had nine touches, but he kicked three goals. And he, he, had and, he had that, yes. and he had like, um, okay, whatever, 10 possessions. I think that with a proper tall forward that can take, you know, the best defender off, he could really kick a bag one of these weeks. So I'm saying this week he'll kick above three goals. Well, speaking of kicking a bag, so round one, he kicked a goal. Round two, he kicked four behinds. Really should have kicked Yeah, he could have had a few there. Since then, he hasn't gone a game without kicking multiple I think goals. he shook that jitters that when you come up to AFL level, it's a bit over-roaring. And yeah. he, was, he looked a bit overawed by the occasion, especially against Essendon um, and, and those misses against Sydney. But since then, he's been really accurate. His usual self that we see in Box Hill, he leads fantastically. He's got this weird link-up with Amon going right now where they just seem to be able to find each other really well. He... He's our best lead right now by far. He's a great grab of the ball. He has kind of everything. He's, he's one of our pure forward players. We, don't, we have very, a lot of sort of hybrid, but he's one of the pure forwards we have in our team. Very smart. He's also beating Jack Gunston in the goal tally. Yeah, I saw that. So, uh, so we, we, we talk about Jack's, Jack Gunston 2.0, and we've got, uh, yeah. we, we do have Jack Gunston 2.0 right now, it looks like. Yeah, I think he's got 11 goals, and Jack Gunston's got seven goals. So, Ferg yeah. is ahead. I think we are got one of us or both of us, sorry. We're going to be very happy men on the podcast next week if one of our predictions proves to be right. That's true because it, it might mean that we actually win. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of though, we lost to the Giants by two. We lost to Adelaide by three. I'm tipping the Dogs by four. Well, you, Another you, close you one. You want us to go for back to back to back? I don't want us to go <laughs> well, back to back to back. You predict that we're going to go. You predict that we're going to go for a third week in a row of a loss under a goal. I know Sam Mitchell this week will be working very hard to make sure that we don't bottle another close chance. So why do you think we're going to go to three losses in a we row by are, close margins? Then? We are still so young. I feel like the mistakes we've made in the last five minutes of both games aren't weekly fixes aren't overnight fixes okay. that's that's maturity so you, so you think that these close losses are going to be kind of the norm for us i feel like we'll lose more close ones than we'll win yes okay so i'm tipping the dogs by less than a kick and it's going to be a heartbreak it's going to hurt short term but the performances we've seen the last two weeks wins aren't far away and this can very well be a win we've got Freo the following week which I know it's over there, but can also be a win. So we've got chances coming up. I think our draw starts getting a bit harder after the next four weeks, but these performances will translate to wins. I'm just not sure of when. Okay. What, what yeah. have you said? 
I've said um, dogs by 25. I so think that... Like a, a good three-quarter effort this week, maybe? Yeah, maybe, yeah. We or, might be or, a bit just, tired. Uh, I think it's just the caliber of opposition is a little bit higher this week uh, at a ground where we don't historically play play well on. Like Adelaide, obviously, we're a fantastic team. We played the form team of the competition. I was really happy with how we played. And I, but I did say, even on the pod last week, that we could win that one because it's our home in Taz. Um, yeah, this week will be a little bit harder, I think. Uh, just with the amount of changes we'll probably make as well, it might throw off a little bit of our team. I'm not saying we can't win this. I actually said that Ferg can kick a bag and stuff and that a lot of our players are primed to sort of have a win. We so can I, definitely win. I'm not saying that we can't win. I actually think there's a good chance that we could come out. It's just the, which Hawthorne sort of turns up. I think after you lose two close ones, it kind of takes a lot out of you. So I'm just wondering if we maybe just don't quite go those full four-quarter efforts this week. But look, I'll be really happy if we just can be competitive. If we got within a goal again, I'd actually be happy. Heartbroken, but happy. Well, I'm absolutely manifesting a day where we can come back on this podcast after a win. Yeah, it'd be good. So, where can our listeners find us both socially and both just to listen to? Yep, at Hawthorne Fancast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we're also on multiple podcasting platforms. You've probably, probably already figured it out. It's Safari. It's uh, Spotify. Spotify uh, uh, Amazon. Go- uh, Google. Um, uh, Apple. Yeah, Apple Pods. That's Literally right. anything. Yeah, pretty much everything we're chucking up on. If, uh, if you want us to put it up on anything else, please let us know. And please keep sending your questions in. It's great answering your guys' questions to give us a bit different perspective. We seem to sometimes have a very narrow point of view, especially because we both talk about footy and, and Hawthorne a lot during the week. So we love answering your questions. And if you love our content, leave us a review. It yeah, helps. we've had a couple this week. It we? helps our ranking so other Hawks fans just like you guys can find us as well. But Matt, it's been a pleasure. Let's hope we get the win this week and a bit more happy in next week's podcast. Looking forward to it. Go Hawks.